to An Evening Out with Your Girlfriend. I'm Amelia. I'm Hannah. That's the fireplace. And today we are talking about some shows that on TV, past and present, that we think are overrated, and a few that we think are pretty accurately well-rated. Um, so we decided to do this because... And one of his books, Chuck Klosterman, has this essay um, where he <laughs> talks about the 10 most um, accurately rated bands of all time. Um, and so I thought that would be kind of fun to do with TV shows. Um, so yeah, so first we're going to talk about overrated shows. Um, uh, the first one we have is Friends, <laughs> the the sitcom. Um, Wait, is there another Friends that's like I, a I, tragedy? I because... <laughs> I was just clarifying. I would pay money for that, actually. I'm sorry. Anyway. I'm sure there are YouTube videos where, like, somebody took the laugh track out and then, like, replaced it with sad music to make it seem like Yeah. A Put that on the air. Yeah. Every uh. time Ross speaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually. I... That was the thing. I grew mm. up kind of watching Friends because my mom watched Friends, and I was that idiot kid who would always laugh along to the laugh track even if I didn't understand the joke well yeah because you you don't really know any better and you just you think that's what you're supposed to do and then I went back and rewatched it once they put friends on Netflix and I was like hmm yeah I also watched it kind of as a kid um with my parents because back then there weren't that many TV shows to choose from. Right. So I think they just watched it because it was on. Um, and I I just remember, like, not laughing or not really understanding the jokes <laughs> um, and kind of just doing my own thing while it was happening because um, we only had one TV and when I was growing up. Right. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I don't... I feel like there's a lot of, like, backlash now on Friends, so we probably don't even talk about it that much, um, but just, Ross sucks, it's not very funny, it's just about these three, or three, however many of them, (laughs) I don't know, it's a bunch of white people, they all look the same. They all look the same, um, and about their, like, dumb, petty problems. (laughs) I just remember, like, a lot of people who, I mean, I guess they would have had to have been slightly older than me, or their parents actually let them watch TV because I don't have that big of a memory of friends because there is a lot of TV and um, shows like uh, the Simpsons and friends were definitely included in that where my parents didn't let me watch them because they had like some adult themes and I don't know. There's probably a lot of dick jokes, but probably I just remember every, every girl in my class, being like, oh, I'm Rachel, and I was like, I'm Phoebe, and now I'm definitely Rachel, and I hate myself for it. I mean, um, we're literally sitting in my parents' base room, basement? Basement. We're sitting in my parents' basement with blankets and a fireplace, and I'm paying most of my own bills now, but I'm definitely a Rachel. <laughs> I just think it's interesting that, like, pretty much until, like, three years ago, like, it was considered, like, one of the greatest sitcoms of all time. Which... And then it was put on Netflix, and everyone rewatched it and was like, wait a second. But you know what show could totally hold up to that standard? Seinfeld. We don't have to talk about that today. 
But I love I'm Seinfeld. Sh- I'm sure she'll make a whole episode about Seinfeld. Um, I will write a dissertation on, about Seinfeld. Anyway. I, th- I think the funniest part of Friends, though, is that, like, um, Matt LeBlanc is probably the worst actor on the show, but Joey's, like, the purest character, and that he is who he is, and he has no other, like, motivations. <laughs> he is probably the best character on that show. Mm-hmm. But also the worst actor on that show. Yeah. It's uh, funny, because he plays one in the show. Anyway. Um, but he's also a terrible actor in the show. It, true. It's all... Well, it all um, comes together. The um, second overrated show we have is CSI. Which is my and, uh, time to get loud, because just, I haven't already done enough of that. I'm just gonna let Amelia take over for this one. Um, so... I didn't really watch CSI. Sorry. I love CSI. I still stay up late at night thinking about CSI. A couple of nights ago, I was, like, feeling kind of sad and having a beer in bed by myself. And as Hannah can pull up the receipts for, I took to Google and found some old, like, super angsty fanfiction that I had written about CSI. Because I love that show so much, but oh my god, especially in the last few years that it was on the air, it was so overrated. I think, well, there's a lot of problems that I have with it, especially in the later seasons, but I think the main thing that bothered me was how, um, when they kind of redid a lot of the casting, um, they made the whole thing into more of like a oh, we're a family, which I think is weird when you're a bunch of, like, middle-aged adults, like, early middle-aged adults, doing a job together with a lot of dead bodies that are in not great states. I don't know. I think that's really weird to me, and, you know, only one of them had a kid the entire time. I don't know. That felt weird to me. Um, and... The other thing, which I will, again, I'll probably do an entire episode where I just rant and rave about how deeply problematic uh, Grissom and Sarah's relationship was. And, like, I ship them really hard, and I hate myself for shipping them so hard. But their relationship is so toxic and so terrible. And I've never simultaneously rooted for something so much as I wanted it to fail because... Sarah's character deserved a much better relationship. But on the other side of that, she was also very whiny and jealous, which I relate to on a deep emotional level. And I just don't think that Melinda Clark had enough episodes as Lady Heather. And I think that Grissom and Sarah's relationship would have been a lot more interesting um, and had a much healthier dynamic to it if there had been not necessarily like a threesome kind of thing, but we all know Grissom's kinky as shit, right? He, Hannah, yes, <laughs> I don't. I don't I've, I've only watched like two episodes of CSI in my life. We can. Well, you probably don't want to watch some more because again, it's not that good of a show. <laughs> it's fine. I'll just stick to my trashy Law and Order SVU. Uh, why not? It's fine. I know it's problematic. TM. <laughs> it's all problematic. But yeah, Grissom is kinky as shit, and I think. There could have been a lot of, and again, like, I'm not an idiot, it's network television, nobody really cares, but there was definitely some room to develop Grissom's relationship with Heather as their, like, 
kinky friendship, relationship, whatever, um, and have more of that play into his relationship with Sarah. I mean, she's probably just vanilla and boring as heck. But there could have been so much more. We could have had it all. Um, but I guess why I say this show is overrated is just because of how crazy the fan base had been through the entire series. Um, and how little there was to get crazy about toward in the last, God, probably five or six years of the show. Also, I do not ship Morganders at all. Don't at me. It's a stupid relationship idea and lazy writing, and that's all I have to say. All right. Um, I think that's all I had for overrated. Uh, this was an, like, off-the-cuff, top-of-our-heads list we made really quick. Um, we'll probably revisit it later on. Yeah. Um, I'm sure as we go on, we'll think of more. Um... <laughs> Sorry, you have to keep listening to me sniffling. I'm getting how over a dare cold. You. I'm getting over a cold. Um, how dare you so, <laughs> how dare I breathe? How dare you breathe? Um, <laughs> underrated. Um, I think all I have is Twin Peaks, <laughs> um, yes, which I agree with wholeheartedly. Um, I, I mean, I know it's on a lot of like best TV shows of all time lists, but I, I, I don't think that many people have actually seen it. No. <laughs> um, so that's why it's on here. Um, I don't have a lot to say other than watch it. Um, also, I've also, gotten drunk in the Great Northern Lodge quite a few times, and that building lives up to its name as well. Also, you know, as Washingtonians, like, we have to put that on the list. Um, anyway, watch it. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything. It's just... Um, especially with, like, the new uh, episodes coming up this year. Are they coming out in 2017? Uh, I don't know. They keep pushing them back. Yeah, because they hate me. Um, but I also have a lot of anxiety about the new episodes coming out, um, kind of in the same vein that I did with the X-Files. What were the new episodes? I'm literally still on the second season of, of the, the X-Files. X-Files. <laughs> the new episodes were, they were really good. Um, <laughs> they definitely left me wanting more. Um, I actually still haven't watched, uh, the last episode of season 10 just because, again, I have this crippling anxiety over a TV show. Um and about what they did to Scully in the end. So don't spoil it for me. I'll, I'll, I'll get around to it. Um, but I kind of have that same nervousness with Twin Peaks just because it was so original and fish out of water when you watch the first. It was just so well done and it's such a tightly written show. Yeah, it, the writing on it was so clean. And... As much as, as much love as I want to believe went into creating the new season, I just worry that it's going to be rocky to revisit that after so much time. But I hope yeah. it does well. <laughs> a wild um, cat just walked by. All Not right. a wild cat. A fat cat. <laughs> oh, what else, P? Aww. Um, oh, princess. Hmm. So, then we have TV shows that, like, um, we think lived up to the hype, or I guess live up to the hype, and are fairly accurately rated. Um, first, um, I have West Wing. Yeah. Um, again, um, like, tightly written, 
just incredibly well done, like, all around. All around. And I really love how that show stuck around after it ended. Um, mm. even, like, even before we started gearing up for this last selection, if you were on Tumblr, Twitter, most most social media that has fandom in it, um, you would still see a lot of people like rewatching the West Wing or mm-hmm. making gift sets out of the West Wing. I, I had to pause for that because Hannah yelled at me earlier because I said GIF on accident, <sighs> which I deserve. Um, <laughs> uh, I lost my train of thought. Um, it's just, it's managed to stay culturally relevant, like, since it's gone off the air. Um, however many years ago that was, I can't remember what year it ended. Too long ago. Yeah. Um, um, and I, there, there hasn't really been, I mean, no, no other, like, political show comes to mind. Um, that's had the same impact, I think, as The West Wing did right. while it was on air. I like to rewatch it back to back with episodes of House of Cards, um, just because, especially in the last few months, I really loved House of Cards. House of Cards is a lot darker, though, right? And I, it's hard to watch right I've, now. I've only seen like an episode. It's very hard to watch right now. I keep starting shows and not finishing them. <laughs> yeah, no, it's dark as heck. Um, but again, um, and I guess that's the comparison that I would have, is they're both very cleverly and cleanly written shows. Um, but you have, a, you have a hero in the West Wing, whereas House of Cards, it's definitely an anti-hero situation. Um, yeah. But the other thing I find interesting about rewatching the West Wing is just remembering that that show came out in the 90s. And that even progressive politicians being characterized on primetime television were still like, oh, I don't know about this gay thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh my god, what? And then I remember but I was then, in grade school. But in like, <clears throat> sorry, um, other ways, like some of the other politics are like, it's like we're in the same spot now. Yeah. Or, even some of them, it's like they were more yeah. aggressive than we are, I guess, as a country as a whole right now. You yeah. Know? It's, um, so I, I think that's really interesting. Yeah, it's an interesting historical marker. Um, but it also, yeah, it just serves as, even when you have those moments when you think about that, it serves as a very good um, escape. I would say another, like, current... Um, uh, uh, I can't think of the word I was going to use, um, but uh, that would be like similar to the West Wing would be Veep, but it's but that was a straight up comedy, so it's, yeah. it's a bit different. Um, and I haven't seen as much of Veep as I would like to, given my eternal crush on Julia Louis Dreyfus. <laughs> Same. Oh my god. Oh, do you remember that show, Commander in Chief, with Gina Davis? That show was so good. And also, I had a weird crush. got canceled way too soon. Way too soon. I also have a crush on Gina Davis, but she also scares me. Gina Davis is one of those actors that is, like, so much better than the roles that she ends up getting. Yes. Along with Alan Cumming and um, uh, uh, Tim Curry. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I agree wholeheartedly. Like, 
it upsets me that one of the last things that I saw Tim Curry in was a guest episode of Criminal Minds. He did great, but yeah, I was like, really? You could do. He was so also much in better. the. Uh, he was the criminologist in the the Rocky Horror that they did on Fox, which is terrible. Right, which and he was poor thing on that. Bless his heart. Yeah. It's hard for agreeing to do that. I hope he found $20 on the ground on the way out afterwards. Um, anyway, I think we talked about the West Wing for much longer than we thought we were going to. Um, and the next one is Stranger Things. Um, Have you seen Stranger Things yet? I, I haven't finished the whole thing. Okay. I told you, I have a problem. It's I, keep, I keep starting new shows and then like only getting a couple episodes in and then losing my momentum. And I, But I literally have ADHD, so it's fair. <laughs> Fair. Um, yeah, Stranger Things. I I have this problem where when a show comes out, like, I didn't start watching House of Cards until season two started. Um, because it came out and everyone was like, oh my god, this show's amazing. Amelia, you'll love it. You have to watch it. And I'm like, huh, I don't watch things that are mainstream. I wait until everyone else on the planet has seen it but me. Oh my god. And then finally convinces myself to watch it. You're such an asshole. I'm an asshole. And then I realize that all these people are right. And then I get on the train and meh, 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 meh. I'm the worst. Um, and I didn't, I didn't wait quite as long with Stranger Things. Um, just because I had someone who was like, sit down and we're going to watch it right now. Which I don't normally do well with when people make me sit down and watch something. I think... Uh, but Stranger Things is that, good. That's also my problem, too. I When people, like, force me to watch something, I even if it's something I like, even if it's... I know I'm going to like it, I just You're have like, this I have reaction. to hate it on principle. Read your horoscope. You know, just keep trying to survive in this dumpster fire of a country. <laughs> um, uh, it's a trash fire. Yeah, anyway, so... Bye for Wait, now. we have to... Oh. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Out picking up my phone, and I can, yeah. and I can like sit down for an episode and not pick my phone up. That's what happened to me. The last show that I, um, like finished from start to, or that I uh, completed from start to finish, yeah. um, was uh, American Crime Story: um, The People versus O.J. Simpson, yes. um, which I sorry going off on a bit of a tangent. Mm-hmm. Um, I, which actually I think I would put on the accurately rated list. Yeah. Um, it was, it was really good. Um, I think it's really hard to do, um, even just a movie about something that has already happened where, especially a trial like this where you already know the verdict, um, you know, this happened, um, just a little over a decade ago, so it's still pretty fresh in everyone's mind. Um, you know, my mom was telling me that she remembers watching the car chase, while it happened. Oh, um, and so I think, especially doing a TV show, you know, 10 episodes about something that already happened, I think that's... That would be I think it's impre- I think it's impressive that they were able to do it in a way that was really engaging. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, it also might have been... I was only one years old when this happened, so obviously, like, I don't... All I know is that, like, there was this trial, and mm-hmm. that, um... There was a know, glove. <laughs> there was a glove, and that, um... <clears throat> you know, like, the that he was acquitted and that, but that everybody thought he did it. That's, that's all I knew about the case. Um, like really the end of every episode it. of Law and Order. Yeah. So, 
Um, I just, I thought it was incredibly well done. Um, I thought the casting was spot on. Um, so if you haven't watched it, I would definitely give it a shot. Um, cause that is the, the only show in the last like five months that was able to hold my attention enough for me to finish it. Um, and I think I finished it in about like four days. Um, but there are only like 10 episodes, so. Yeah. But that's what I did with Stranger Things too. Yeah. Like, I sat down, and I would watch, like, an episode or two at a time, but I had to stop watching it at night. Like, right. I I don't really have nightmares about things, but if I watch something like that before I go to bed, I have a hard time falling asleep. Yeah. And that, and watching it before bed gave Justin nightmares a couple of times. <laughs> but that's how you know a show is good! When yeah. it... When it has that intent to, like, be a thriller and to scare you, and it fucking does. Yeah. But it's not about, like, shock or, like, um... It's not cheap. Yeah, it's not cheap, and it's not just about, like, um... I mean, you know, like, in horror... A lot of the mainstream, uh, horror movies that are just, like, shock... Shocking, quote-unquote, for the... Yeah. For the the sake of being shocking, and it's not really... Mm -hmm. It doesn't really have anything to do with the plot. It's just about, I mean, it's like torture porn, basically. Like I can't yeah. think of a better yeah. phrase to describe it than that. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good. And you know, to it. it I could I could talk about this forever. You know, just about mm-hmm. how um, a lot of horror movies tend to be like exploitation um, mm-hmm. in terms of like the way they view female bodies, the way they view um, people of color in those mm-hmm. movies. Um, and the, and, and yeah. the, the, like, um, glorification of virginity and, uh, you know, like, the, the sluts yeah. always die stereotype. So, um, I, yeah, I, I mean, and, and I know this is different because it's not, like, it's a TV show and it's not really a horror movie. It's more of a, yeah. a thriller, so it's different, but, um. But one could yeah. argue that it's a very, very long horror movie. Yeah. Um. But again, yeah, it definitely lived up to its genre. It was also they also did a really good job of uh, making, you know, the sets, the costumes, and the music uh, very true to the time period that Stranger Things is set in. Like, there, like, we're sitting down and watching it, and there are cars there that were like, how did they even get that? Like. And that's something that I kind of want to look into more and just do some research on is how, like, how they acquired some of those things that are, you know, 30 years old now and should not have, could not have been easy to acquire. And even in, like, professional Hollywood um, movies of any genre um, that are, like, period pieces, um, you know, with these huge budgets that they could have done... Mm -hmm they could have spent it on anything like you still see all of these like historical anachronisms um (laughs) you know where like it's a car from 2009 or um or the plastic water bottle on the mantle in Downton Abbey yeah yeah shit like that um or let us not forget in the you know Joel Schumacher's 2004 Phantom of the Opera in which there is an electric guitar in in the title song (laughs) Andrew Lloyd Webber fucking I, for no reason. <laughs> Same. Um, anyway. Um, yeah, Stranger Things. Um, I think next we have Seinfeld. Seinfeld. 
I love Seinfeld. That is also a show I've only ever seen like two or three episodes of. Um, but uh, well, complete episodes of. I've I've seen lots of snippets. Um, that that is my one of my dad's favorite shows. Um, and so growing up, because I mean they always played it on um, you know TBS or yeah whatever. Um, and so I I definitely grew up like watching bits and pieces. That was the one. Uh sitcom that I was allowed to watch as a kid which of all the things to watch I don't know why my parents were okay with that one um but that's definitely one that I remember being an idiot and laughing along to the laugh track and my dad being like do you even know what that joke means and me just being like no um but re-watching it now as an adult um it's very funny um it's a show about nothing which is kind of what my life is about right now. Um, I mean, you also have to be one of those people that can get through, like, secondhand embarrassment and, yeah. and cring- just general cringiness. Because um, it... Uh, I lost my train of thought again. Um, it's also kind of a show about... Not well, necessarily ter- about terrible people, well, but... Yeah, yeah. Like, not not super great people, yeah. um, just people who have, uh, are very self-absorbed and have selfish, self, sorry, selfish interests, um, yeah. but it, it's not quite on, like, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia yeah. or HBO Girls level. Oh my god. Um, which I can, I, um, I consider myself a scholar in uh, HBO uh, yes. Girls, even though, like, I detest that show. Um, it's a weird It's important to know the things you hate. Yeah. Um, but I would also, I almost feel like Seinfeld kind of ushered that sort of self, uh, self-loathing self as comedy in. It's one, yeah. it's one of those shows where, like, everyone's like, oh, I'm an Elaner. Oh, I'm a Jerry. First of all, Jerry is literally the worst part of that show. He yeah. is the most boring, like, saltine cracker character in that show. And he's also just not nearly as good of an actor. It's always kind of funny how that happens. Like, the title character, the one that, like, we're kind of supposed to yeah. root for. Is um, the one you don't give a shit about. Is the about. one you don't give a shit about. I mean, like, because the same argument could be made about Ted in How I Met Your Mother. Oh, um, absolutely. Yeah, he's the least interesting, and yet, like, the story is about him. Yeah. But you, you stop caring about it about, like, three episodes in. Yeah. Well, and I, where I feel like they ushered in that sort of, like, self-loathing humor is everyone wants to be... They're like, oh, I'm a Jerry, or oh, I'm an Elaine. We, all of us, universally, throughout the world, are George Costanza. Yeah. And he is the most problematic, most, well, aside from the whole N-bomb thing, but the most annoying and probably not quite the most disliked character, but the, the one that you cringe the most at and the one that you get the most secondhand embarrassment from is also the most, he's the most everyman character in that show. But also Jason Alexander is, I don't think they could have cast someone better for that. I think Jason Alexander is such an underrated actor. Um, Oh, definitely. He brings so much to every role that he's in. Um, Well, and when writing the show, Larry David was writing... George after himself, mm-hmm. which I think says a lot when you're writing a show called Seinfeld. Yeah. But the the external you is George Costanza. 
Um, but yeah, it it's definitely a show, like you said, that you have to be willing to endure some secondhand embarrassment through, mm-hmm. um, which I think make, also makes it a very polarizing show. Like, people either love Seinfeld or they hate yeah. it. I mean, you definitely have to be a specific kind of person um, to, I mean, so, yeah, somebody who just, I, I don't want to say a depressive type, but I think a lot of people, <laughs> but, here I... but I think, you know, a lot of people who struggle with depression or anxiety or a lot of mental health problems, like the self-deprecating, self-loathing, yeah. you know, like dealing with that through comedy, um, that's... I think that's why it's so popular. It's because it's it's just it's relatable. That's how you deal with um, the things you don't like about yourself. Yeah. Um. So yeah, and I and and that's I and that's definitely why it's so popular in stand-up comedy. Yeah. Um, because a lot of a, a lot of people, oh sorry, a lot of people, a lot of comedians do deal with depression or anxiety, yeah. and that is how they deal with it. Um. So, anyway, um, that kind of segues into It's Always Sunny Philadelphia, which I'd say is fairly accurately rated. Um, yeah. It's, it's definitely more hardcore in the cringiness factor. Um, Absolutely. But I would say it's different in that, um, you know, it's, it's all of these kind of horrible people, but you're not, you're not supposed to root for them. They, yeah. you know, there are always, uh, consequences for their actions, um, for the most part. Um, yeah. and so then that makes it bearable, um, because, like, you know, you know, every time Dennis <laughs> or, or Charlie or, or Dee or whoever, you know, does something really shitty, mm-hmm. um, it always comes back to bite them in the ass. So, uh, you contrast that to, um, you know, uh, HBO's Girls, um, where it's a similar thing, you know, it's these horrible, selfish people who just don't really get it, um, but there's never any real consequences, um, which yeah. is, like, my root of root of the beef yeah root of the beef I guess um so to speak (laughs) um I mean there are a lot of other issues but um I think that's my main problem it's why I don't like rent it's why I (laughs) um yeah it's it's just it shows where like you can have characters that are unlikable but like you can't just let them get away with it um it gets boring it gets boring it gets old there's no character development and that's not fun to watch um anyway but it's it's I think it's always sunny in Philadelphia is good at for the most yeah. part satire um it's definitely I would say that's a good example of what satire actually means um, yeah and you know there are definitely some problematic episodes um yeah um I think it's the second episode of the whole series the one where like Dee does blackface or something like for her comedy routine um it's, I know I it's in the first so. season. Um, yeah, it's one of the first few episodes. And it definitely almost put me off the show. Um, you know, it being so early and yeah. it just being so that ter- was a terrible. Very... That, that is a bad episode. Um, but I, I would say it's not an accurate fle- reflection of the entire show. Well, and the thing with it is, um, again, kind of like in Girls these people don't really have any redeeming qualities and they don't really develop as characters. Yeah. But you're not really rooting for them to grow as humans. You are rooting for them to fail. Yeah. And see what kind of, um, see where those consequences go. I think you're rooting for the consequences rather than the actual people. They're a vessel. Um, 
but also I love Danny DeVito. Uh, yeah, I I think it's interesting because a lot of people are big fans of the first season before Danny DeVito came on, and I actually, I, I don't think I've ever rewatched the first season. I actually kind of prefer that Yeah. That every season past that, um, the ones with Danny DeVito. I don't know, he just, he sort of balances out the group. Yeah. Um, and I think all of the... Anyway. All of the, like, paternity and dad drama um, mm. definitely added something as close as you can get to an overarching plot in a show like definitely. that. Um, that was definitely something that kept me uh, coming back to watch it. Oh. And the Stephen Collins episode. Oh, God. Also, the, um, the, the you know, the Charlie always trying to get with the waitress in Sarah, increasingly... Yeah weird in you know stupefying ways like yeah and it's like I think that's the one case where you're like almost half rooting for him to get with her but then he does something so shitty you're like what the fuck you know like the whole um I mean one of the most iconic episodes the musical Mm -hmm. um where they put on the the day man um yeah and and then it's just sort of this whole plot to get her attention (laughs) uh essentially He's like every dude on Tinder who has a picture with a tiger. <laughs> yeah. But just one guy being obnoxious, trying for attention all the time. Which I also kind of relate to. And not understanding why he keeps failing. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then I think, I've never really watched these, but um, The League and Archer. Um, um, we're going to briefly talk about those, just in terms of... It's like yeah. along the lines of it's always sunny, but like they they do it better or worse. Do, yeah, don't do it quite as well. Um, yeah, I would say like I don't dislike the league. Like I will sit down by myself to watch it, um, but it's following a very similar formula of terrible people doing terrible things. I think the difference between the league and it's always sunny is. The stuff that they're doing in, all, in It's Always Sunny, you're like, oh, that's terrible. Oh, I thought that thing, but I didn't say it and I didn't act on it, so now I feel like a better person. Yeah. The League is the stuff that did slip out of your mouth and that every once in a while you'll be like enjoying a really nice shower or you'll be on vacation with your kids. I don't have kids, but this is just what I'm supposing (laughs) will happen to me in 20 years. I'll be on vacation with my family and I'll think about that shitty thing that I said when I was like 10 and just, I do that now and just have to dive into the ocean and bathe in my own self pity for saying that stupid thing Mm -hmm. back in 2004 or whatever. But I mean, I, that definitely does mean you're growing as a person. I, well, I, but that's the thing is like again these characters in the league, they don't. Yeah. And some like sometimes there are consequences, sometimes there aren't. Um. The Shiva arc, uh, spoiler alert, Hannah. I this is a show I'm never gonna watch. So it's fine. <laughs> the Shiva arc of um. Oh my god, I cannot think of his name right now. Um. But so, for those of us playing at home, Hannah, um, so it's these, it's these friends that have a football league, um, and their little, their trophy that they have, uh, fantasy football league? Fantasy football league. Oh, okay. 
um, has this uh, has this woman on it, Shiva, who they all went to high school with together. Uh, Rexit, that's who it is. Um, and so they compete for this because she's like the hottest girl in school, and they all wanted to like be with her and blah blah blah. Um, and there's kind of a plot at one point where Rexon, who is just, I mean, they're all douches, but he's like ultra douchey. No, it's not Rexon. Fuck. We'll fix this in post. <laughs> it's oh, it's Andre. Yeah, so Andre somehow starts dating Shiva, like the actual woman that they, uh, whose picture they have put onto this trophy, that they all, like, send videos to each other of themselves doing horrible things to the trophy. Um, and so, uh, the episode when Shiva finds out that these guys that she went to high school have this fantasy lead together now, and that their trophy has her picture on it, um, her revenge on Andre for that and for not telling him that and for being that kind of shitty person is pretty golden. Um, but the rest of the time, again, you're just cringing and cringing and not really getting any relief because you have been that shitty of a person at one time uh, rather than just thinking something terrible or like texting something terrible to your friend and being like, oh my god, that was horrible, I can't believe I just said that to you, but we're friends, so we have a kind of silence, blah blah blah. You're just kind of wallowing in your own filth as a member of the human race. <laughs> and that's what the League is. I I will say the one show um, that you, where you have this character who does terrible things, or, well, it's not really does terrible things, but so, says terrible things and is just so oblivious, would be like, uh, Michael Scott on The Office, but that's mm. that's just so different because you have it's an ensemble show. You have all of these other characters that balance it out, and so it. And Michael Scott still has redeeming qualities. Yeah, yeah, he he's like just a clueless ally, ally to him. Um, <laughs> ally in quotation marks. You know who's he thinks he's doing what's best, uh, but it just all comes out wrong. So I mean, there's. And he's not a very selfishly motivated person, so I, I, that makes it a lot more bearable, and, um, you know, you're still rooting for him, you right. know, you know, when it came to, like, the Holly plot, or uh-huh. whatever, oh, you, Holly. I know, um, so I think that's, like, the one sort of exception, um, in my book, <laughs> to that rule. Yeah, and Archer, um kind of wavers back and forth between those two. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not sure... I have a hard time giving Sterling Archer a redeeming quality. Um, but I think... I guess his redeeming quality would be that he... semi-acknowledges how shitty he is and just doesn't care. I think that's the point of his character is, oh... I'm a strapping white guy who works for fucking ISIS. Um, and I have all these guns. And, and I think that's exactly it. Is He's like, it doesn't matter because I'm James Bond. But he still gets put in his place quite often by Lana. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that's the, that's the show where everyone's like, oh my god, I'm totally Lana. But we're all Cheryl. 
we're all either Cheryl or Pam. <laughs> and I'm not mad about it. I just would like to be as hot as a cartoon called Lana Kane. Um, related, um, back to underrated, I would say, um, Bob's Burgers, um, I mean, for those who have never watched either show, they have the same voice actor, um, yes. John playing Benjamin the, the title, can, playing the title character, so, uh. And can get it. Um, I would say that's, like, a either accurately rated or slightly underrated show. Um, Bob's yeah. Burgers is so hilarious, it never fails to make me laugh, and it, you know, it is, a adult, more adult, uh, you know, cartoon, sitcom, but, you know, unlike the likes of Family Guy or South Park, it's, it's not about punching down, it's about punching up, it's, yeah. it's about a family that genuinely loves each other, but they, you know, they still tease each other, um, and it's just such a joy yeah. to watch, but it's also hilarious. And it, it's not a mean-spirited show yes. in the way that Cons- family, guy. family Guy, yeah, yeah. Um, where they don't, it doesn't really seem to like any of its characters, for one. Um, and two, you just don't get the sense that they like each other. Um, yeah. Especially I, poor Meg. Um, yep. You know, uh, contrast that to Bob's Burgers, where, y- you know, like, they're all sort of weird and out there. Um, I would say Jean would probably be the Meg of that show. Um, but, yeah. but they treat it like it's normal. You know, sometimes he'll just refer to himself as a girl, and they're... No one bats an eye. No one bats an eye. Um, you know, they at the end of the day they still love each other. They're still rooting for each other. Um, and that's what makes it so much more fun to watch. Yeah, and I guess kind of in the same vein, it's more relatable. Um, yes, we have all been Tina. Yeah, and it's you know I think a lot of people have written about this how Tina, you know it's her transition into puberty is so awkward and the fact that they allow it to be so awkward but it's not mm-hmm. usually played for laughs um yeah is so refreshing it is um, because it's and that that's what makes it incredibly relatable um you know puberty is so awkward it's so uncomfortable especially when you're a girl um uh, and so i that's just it's i think that's one of the best parts of the show well there's that and there's also, like, no makeover montage moment for her. Like, the closest we get is when she's trying to be friends with Tammy, and she wears that really weird yeah. blue eyeshadow. But it's it's forced upon her, and she doesn't care for it. Yeah. Um, and, and fact, it doesn't last. And it doesn't last, and, you know, her love interest in the show, Jimmy Jr., is kind of weirded out by it, actually. Yeah. Um... And just that she gets to go back to acknowledge, go back to being awkward and um, continuing to acknowledge that throughout the show. But you don't watch her and think, oh my god, she's going to be scarred for life because she never learned how to be normal. Like when, the show, like, when the show ends, you know that, like, in that universe, she would grow up to still be a perfectly normal person. Yeah. Um, I... You know, they're all kind of zany and weird, but in relatable ways. It's not so out there that, you know, they're, like, trying to be quirky or or weird. They're just normal. I mean, you know what I'm trying to say. Like, they're normal in the fact that they're kind of weird and... Yeah. 
it's a good balance of kind of of an ever an everyman uh kind of blank canvas character and having like having the right quirks that balance each other out as an ensemble that is what i was trying to say i'm very eloquent yeah. today not really um yeah i think that's pretty much our whole list yep um so tune in next week um for our uh episode about um i think we were gonna read an svu crack pick um we are going to read an svu crack pick i don't have pillow talk that's that's what it was called called Pillow Talk. It's about a threesome between Elliot, Olivia, and Amaro. Um, Which, my ideal situation, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. Um, so, I didn't write this fan fiction, but I wish I had. So that'll be fun. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Um, <laughs> I keep losing my train of thought. It's okay, we'll fix it in post. Um, Oh, um, I was gonna say, back to CSI real quick, um, if you haven't checked out Amelia's, uh, CSI Crack Fix Twitter, you should, um, she started a couple years ago, and essentially she just, uh, I get depressed. Tweets. <laughs> she gets depressed. I get depressed she... every couple months and, and live tweet really bad fan fiction. Um, it's really funny. There's another wave coming soon, I can tell ya. Yeah, uh, definitely check that out. Um, also, um, check out Crack Fix Live. Um, yeah. that's, it's another thing we're part of, um, uh, it's just a bunch of us, <laughs> actors, TM, um, Actors, with a capital A. Um, reenacting really, uh, bad, uh, fanfiction. The um, worst. The worst. Yeah. Um, yes, we have. The worst the internet has to offer. Yeah. Um, and we had our first show, uh, two weeks ago? Yeah. Time. Three weeks ago? Time is a social construct, but it was Time good. Time is meaningless. Um, We've got some more goodness coming up. Yeah, um, we're gonna do another show in a couple months. Um, that one's gonna be longer, um, also at the Pocket Theater, um, so if you're in the Seattle area, you should definitely come out and, uh, see us. Yeah. And hang out with us afterwards. We don't have faces for radio. <laughs> or something. <laughs> I don't know where she's Seemed like a good idea at the time. I don't know where you went with that. Um. I don't either. Anyway, um... I think that's it for today's episode. Yes, have a blessed week. Take bubble baths. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>